Ocean FM. Ocean FM's final whistle. Thanks to Donegal Plumbing and Heating, Old Lahey Road, Donegal Town. Suppliers of underfloor heating packages, aluminium radiators, Samsung and Daikin air-to-water heat pumps, and all your renewable needs. This is the final whistle on Ocean FM from playing soccer with Newcastle and Sunderland to three cruciate ligament injuries to being the country's player of the year in women's Gaelic football. Donegal's Neve McLaughlin shares her remarkable backstory. Former GAA president Liam O'Neill pays tribute to the late Sean McCaig and makes a fresh appeal to Leitrim supporters to take part in the county's online GAA survey which aims to chart the future direction of Gaelic games in the county. Plus we'll visit at the Sligo Primary School whose pupils are planning to walk 5,000 kilometres between them to raise money for a new school pitch. And you're welcome to the programme. This is Austin O'Callaghan. Also coming up, Dromore West athlete and Moy Valley Athletic Club runner Keelan Kilrehel. He's on the Ireland team once again for next month's European cross-country championships in Italy. He'll assess the chances of retaining Ireland's junior men's title they won in Dublin 11 months ago. We're on WhatsApp and text on 083 3500 530 if you want to get in touch. Sport at Ocean FM ie is the email address and if you're on Twitter, look for at Ocean FM Sport. Well, the former president of the GAA, Liam O'Neill, was among those paying tribute to Sean McCaig, another former Uchtaran and ex-Monaghan senior football manager who has died at the age of 77. During McCaig's presidency from 2000 to 2003, he oversaw the abolition of Rule 21, which prevented British Army and police officers from becoming GAA members. In the face of strong opposition in his native province, McCaig's leadership was crucial to the vote passing. We'll hear Liam O'Neill's tribute in a moment, but first to the Leitrim GAA Strategic Review Group, which O'Neill has been chairing since last January, and this aims to chart the future direction for Gaelic Games in the county. One final strand of that before Christmas is a public consultation survey online. Interested parties have until the 7th of December to take part in it. We've shared the link on the Ocean FM Sport platforms today. This afternoon, former President O'Neill outlined who the online survey is targeting. We want anybody and if it's an interest in any Gaelic games, be it rounders, handball, ladies football, camogie, hurling, and Gaelic football, to um, answer the question. There's plenty of room for people to give suggestions, and we'd like as many as possible to, to fill it in. We'd also like the general public, anybody with an interest who's a follower of, of um, Gaelic games in Leitrim and who supports the county, we would love to have their views because it's the, in a, in a data gathering information often, it's the last five ten percent that make all the difference. So um, most of most of most of us will have a general idea of how we're going to reach the development plan. But it's the last five if we could get an extra ten percent of information, it could make the difference between the plan being a real success or just being aspirational. Okay, so there may be parts of the survey that don't uh, that, that aren't the area of expertise of, of participants in it, but that's not a reason not to do it. 
Oh, absolutely not. I mean, people, if, if a person only answered one question in the survey and had a good idea that we wouldn't otherwise have come across and then hit the submit button, I would count that a great success. In terms of the the timeline of completing this review for Leitrim GAA, what stage are you at now, Liam? Well, that stage, we're almost finished the data gathering. Uh, we've already surveyed the clubs. We've talked to, talked to numerous GA groups within the county. We've talked to numerous individuals with a stake in Leitrim GA. And now it's, this effort now is to make sure we're leaving nothing out. OK, so it's an opportunity for the grassroots part of Leitrim GEA to feed in something that they feel is, is key. Yes, and it's a very simple survey. It's um, Google Forms. It's, um, it's a, a method of data gathering that's used quite a bit and a lot of people are familiar with it. And if anybody out there thinks, well, I couldn't handle an online survey, you know, please, go. Well, my message would be, please find someone who has a computer who will do the survey for, with you, and, but don't feel left out of this. So when you collate the information that comes in from this survey alongside all the other data you've gathered through your work since the beginning of this year with your with your working group, what's the next step then, Liam? The next step then is to start sifting through the ideas and see what can be done immediately, what can be done short term and what might need longer term planning. And we'll formulate a plan. Uh, we hope it will be an action plan, not an aspirational one. Um, and that's where the real difficulty comes in, Austin. It's, uh, you can say we want to improve a certain aspect of it, but when you go down and write down exactly who's going to do it, who's going to make sure it's done, and who's going to monitor it from year to year. That's where the real difficulty is. Have you given yourself a deadline in terms of delivery? No, early early New Year. and um, we'll, the, the convention will be shortly. There'll be a new executive setting in, and we'd like to have their views on it. We will have to have their views on it indeed before we can go to launch it and because it, it effectively has to be a plan that's going to, to be implementable by the executive of Leitrim GA. So that sounds like it's a fairly busy period for you coming up over the next couple of months to try and achieve that first half of the new yes. year objective. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's also an exciting time in the sense that people begin to, people give support when they see things moving and when we move to that stage in you know, it more people will become interested and more people will sort of have ideas. And uh, we, our minds won't be closed off when the survey is finished often, even uh, at a later stage. If somebody comes up with an idea and emails is one of the committee, um, we will gladly accept that. Between the survey that's currently online and other working groups you've met and spoken to and, and liaised with, what has the response been like to this strategic review um, journey, Liam, because, you know, with the best will in the world, for some GA people, they find this sort of stuff tedious and they leave it to more home seasoned administrators. What sort of feedback have you and your team been getting? Well, the feedback generally is positive. Um, I'm amazed at how positive uh, reaching people are. Uh, if you measure it against the success the county has had over the years, it's amazing that people are still positive, still love their countries. There's a huge love of Leitrim coming across and a huge growth for particularly for Gaelic football. And this public consultation survey that's online right now, what's the closing date for people to take part? We had initially a closing date on the 30th, but we're now looking at say the 7th of December.
Okay, so there's still time for people to, to get oh, their views oh, in there. Almost a full fortnight now. And to finish, Liam, I'm talking to you on the day that the death has been announced of a former GAA president, Sean McCaig from Monaghan, who was Uchtaran of Comalú Clasgael from the year 2000 to 2003. How will you remember his presidency and how will you remember the man? I remember his presidency as being very positive. He steered um, major motion through on, on, uh, on Rule 21 and um, he was courageous. Um, he he had great diplomatic skill and he had to manage that one very carefully. Even though Joe McDonough had started it, it fell to John to finish it off. And he did it very well. He was very fair in his chairing of Central Council and indeed his sharing, sharing of Congress. And um, it's a huge sadness that we hear of his passing. I always thought Sean was, Sean was the epitome, and I mean this in a very positive sense now, the old-fashioned primary teacher. He, you pick him out of a crowd as one. He was uh, well presented. He was tall. Um, could at times be austere, although he was a very uh, good humoured man. But he was someone you felt safe with. And if you were to draw, if someone was to draw a picture and remind of what a GA president might look like, I think Sean would be. Sean's features would feature very strongly in that. He was a great example. He led the association well. And um, we deeply regret his passing. That's Liam O'Neill on the death of former GAA President Sean McCaig, who has passed away at the age of 77. Our sympathies to the McCaig family in Monaghan. And if you'd like to take part in the Leitrim GAA public consultation survey, you have until December the 7th to do so. And we've shared the link on the Ocean FM Sport Twitter feed right now. It's an online and fairly short survey to take part in. Well, at the end of a week when one Donegal football captain, Michael Murphy, hung up the intercounty boots, another, Neve McLaughlin, collected the LGFA's Players Player of the Year Award for 2022, as well as a first football all-star. The Moville woman who has suffered three cruciate ligament injuries during her playing career to date, and she's still only 29, is back at the top of her game. Today, she was Conor Breslin's guest, on the Donegal GAA podcast. A wee bit of a whirlwind, to be honest. Um, I think I'm just starting to to get back to normal now this last day or so. But uh, no, look, we had a great weekend and uh, that was a really, it was a really special night. So we enjoyed ourselves. Talk to talk to us about the night in, in Dublin. How, how did it get, get on? Travelling down, getting ready and then the unexpected maybe announcement of the player of the year, was it? Yeah, good. Um, we went, we went down. Yeah, we travelled down on the the Saturday during the day and got down there in the evening. Got ourselves ready. Um, a few interviews and stuff beforehand, and yeah, then we had the dinner. Um, I'd say they did, they did a hard time trying to get everyone gathered into the main room for the dinner. Now there was a drinks reception on before. Um, so look, just loads of mixing with with the girls. Obviously, we would a good crowd down for Donegal, and then obviously the other teams too. Um, was late enough then by the time they, they kind of were announcing the team and ugh, look it was um we were hopeful we we might get a might get a few in Donegal. Um look the, the category I was in was was tight enough, you know, the players that were in and look even with the, the, the player of the year nomination, um you never know with these things and um no look I was I was really, really taken back by both. Um a night of first for me. Um and yeah, look, the, the player of the year thing was just completely 
unexpected, um, whatever about everything else, you know. Um, so now look, just feeling really special, I'm really grateful, you know, about it all. What was there any inkling at all, or was it completely out of the blue? Were you confident in any sense or get any inkling that you might receive this award? No, not at all. Look, the nomination itself was was pretty crazy. I'm still trying to sort of gather that. Um, I think the fact that it's it's voted for by by the players um, just makes it, it makes it a lot more special. Um, look, the two girls that I was up against, Emma and Louise, yeah. can't really speak highly enough of of the two girls. Um, Louise's class, I uh, know she's she's got the nickname like the Gooch, um, just from Brown and Kerry too, and. Ah, look, she's she's brilliant. She has been a brilliant player this last, you know, ten years or however long she's going. Emma, obviously not around as, as often, and she's—I don't think we've seen the best of her yet, unfortunately. But um, no, look, it was just completely unexpected, and it's nothing that I have ever ever kind of thought of or, or dreamt about. So just completely taken back in shock whenever whenever it was announced. And then huge celebrations after and into the early hours of the morning, and many congratulations. I say the phone hasn't stopped. I know. Look, I had a, it took me a while now to get back all the messages. Look, everyone's just been really lovely. Um, everyone just congratulating and sending really nice messages. And, um, you know, people that I maybe haven't spoke to in a while or people that I've maybe never spoke to as well. And oh, look, it's, it is. It's great. And we had a great night then on, on Saturday. Um, it's just, you know, it's just a wild good crack. And, you know, there was a good buzz about the place and just everybody was in good form. And look, I think no matter, even with even without the awards or whatever, I think it would have been a great night just to come to come together with people. And uh, yeah, look, we definitely uh, we definitely enjoyed ourselves now. And what about the homecoming after? Because people say that, you know, when they win the All-Ireland and all, the, the biggest celebration they have and what they look forward to the most is being able to return to their home village or parish or town or whatever. So what was it like returning home into Donegal? Yeah, look, it was it was lovely. We um we haven't got down to the actual club yet. We um I'm gonna there's a wee tournament on next week now. There's there's a okay. couple of things I kinda had pre planned this weekend. So um I'll, I'll do that this weekend and then I'll get down to the club next week. Um um we're having a, a bit of a party here on Saturday. I think my mum's flat out organising things. So uh no, look, it's really nice. And as I said, look, everyone's just been so lovely and you know, you're getting messages and, and people talking to you from all over the place. And look, you just you're just feeling really grateful and 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 special about it all. Um hopefully now it'll uh it'll push a few a few girls and even young boys around the, the local club and in a show and that on and you know. I was, I was- um, I was going to say that, I mean, you've set the bar so high now, you amongst so many others, uh, uh, footballers in Donegal, have you had time to reflect on your own performance this year and how you've played and how the team has played and what it's meant to you? Yeah, look, I suppose from a team perspective for us, it was, it was, um, you know, we probably would have been, well, we were disappointed with how the year ended. Um, it was a bit of a, a mixed bag for us, really. We, um, you know, playing in the two finals and then getting to the Ireland semi-final, you know, beating Dublin was, was massive for us. And I think, look, at the start of the year, we sort of set out that, um, you know, we were just going to take every game as it came and just try and give our best performance and try and put into practice everything we'd been working on. And um, look, for, for myself as well, the girls around you push you on, training, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, this year for sure has been 
the best year of training what we've had in terms of competitiveness and the squad and the players that we have and you know there was just everybody was just there was just something extra about it this year in terms of I think that came from the girls themselves being able to push us on and obviously the management and look there wasn't a there wasn't a training session where you know you didn't come out thinking Jesus you know you were wrecked or whatever it is because everyone just give their all for anything we were asked to do and you know everybody just really took the bull by the horns as they said and and just give it everything and look as I said it was disappointing for us it didn't probably end the way we, we wanted it to um um you know but as I said, I don't think we're too we're too far away. Still a few things to work on, but um, you know, it's just just patching up wee bits here and there, and and hopefully that'll come now in the next in the next wee while. But I think it shows from the performances on the pitch and how successful the team has been, and just how driven this team is, and the levels they have reached, which maybe once upon a time in Donegal at both ladies and men's levels might have seemed unimaginable yeah and i think look this last 10 years you know we've had our ups and downs um you know just life you know people have different um you know there's different priorities in life and that's fine at different stages of different people's lives and um look we won the ireland in in 2010 and you know, at the time I was only young, but you know, it doesn't really get much better than that at the time. Look, it's similar with the boys, and it, you know, you, you time swings and roundabouts. Players come and players go, and you have to kind of build your squad. And look, we still have a core group of players that have been there and given a, a massive chunk of their lives to not even not even considering underage, but even just senior intercounty. You know, playing for us. There's been a lot of girls that have done that, and. You know they're they're still doing that for us and um look those are the girls that that drive it on for us because you know it means so much to represent your county and it re- means so much to represent and play alongside the girls that you have done for so long and then you know the younger girls coming in then too i think it's important for them to see that to see what 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 people who have been around a wee bit longer have given and you know that they get that feeling of belonging and, and wanting to do well and I think that's why the training has been so good because there's been that really good blend um and I think that's why you look that's why we we got to where we where we did get to this year and the, the last couple of years and look as I said it's probably a disappointing for year for us as a team but you know I suppose you have to kind of sit back and, and look at it as well and yeah look we we got to do finals in the All-Ireland semi and you know it's it's not easy to do. Not every team in the country has done that this year. So it's, you know, it's always a wee bit of reflection as well. Looking back and that is nice. But it is a team, this Donegal team and yourself now with the award on top of it, a team that is breaking the mould in how much the game has grown, ladies football, in terms of popularity. And I see it around Donegal. I mean, it is growing exponentially. So it is. It's fantastic to see. Yeah, no, for sure. Look, you know, we talk about the disappointment as the team, I suppose. It had on, on the people around Donegal and especially the young girls. And look, I know this last few years, I've seen it take off massively. And, you know, I've been, you know, myself along with a lot of the other girls, you know, we've been playing for the, the senior team, you know, for the last 10, 12, whatever years it is. And just this last few years, it's people are really starting to maybe recognise you. And, you know, um, sort of people just taking that that bit more of an interest in it because the visibility of the game has kind of increased massively and you know it's a big credit down to 
the media and TG Cahar. And I think, look, even the Gares themselves, look, we do as much work as, as any other team. And, um, you know, similar to the men, you know, it's it's an amateur game, but, you know, it's it's professional in the way it's set up and the way we go about our things. And um, I think people just respect that now. And I suppose the more people that are playing and the more people that are involved from different aspects of the county, then, you know, that's that's great for the team as well. And you want to you want to get all all the corners of the county involved. And look, I think that's something that we we look to do is is try and get that development across everywhere and get gears get gears from all corners of the county involved because that increases the visibility in their own areas and the people become more interested. You get gears staying in the sport longer and um you know hopefully that filters through at a at a club first of all and then a county level after that. I don't want to get too bogged down in it, but even from the outset of 2022, we saw players at all levels looking for better expenses, you know, to be taken care of in, in a better fashion by the GA. And we've seen it throughout the media and we saw the strikes um, that players had with different organisations and not talking to the media, etc. But then when you look at such a successful team like this Donegal ladies team and they they were getting nothing. Yeah, look, um, look, it's it's obviously it's a it's a forefront of the media there. Um, do you know? I suppose from from a Gares point of view, like we've never really, you know, we we don't we don't we never used to expect anything, you know. Um, we kind of just we we got what we were given, and look, we were always very lucky at a county level that you know whatever management was in place, they did their utmost to to get us as as much as they could, and you know they worked for for equality and, and you know fairness for us across the squad on and as as visibility has gone up you know we've been very lucky here in Donegal that we've had a lot of generous sponsors that um you know that that keep us going and keep us tipping over and um I think that's that's always been the way up here um look I think the the expenses thing is you know that's down to kind of like a national level that that that's that something needs to be sorted out for that because um, look, no matter how generous sponsors are for us, you know, girls, girls end up being out, out money, you know, getting to training or whatever it is. But look, as I said, it's we wouldn't have ever, you know, not less. We wouldn't have ever complained about that. We would just kind of got on with it because that's sort of the way that it, that it always was. And look, as, as important as it is to be to be looked after and we are looked after well in, in Donegal, as I said, with our, our generous sponsors and our management as well. Um, but you don't want you don't want the the kind of stress of of you know petrol or fuel money or whatever it is getting to train and not getting home late you know there's your students you know their lunches their dinners you know people who maybe aren't in full-time employment or you know have other life um priorities as well like football should be there to be enjoyed and it, it shouldn't be kind of like a burden on people you know so look i, I suppose it's it's um they, they've said they're going to do it now, so I suppose it's just getting get getting it up and running. It uh, it's very interesting that you say it. It's just always been the way that it was. But I mean, in twenty twenty two, coming into twenty twenty three, I mean, it is a wee bit ridiculous that the the men scheme is almost prioritised, even though some of the ladies' teams are much more successful. Yeah, well, look, I suppose look, it's it's at the minute it's two separate associations, so um. Look, the men they they bring in more revenue or whatever it is. It's 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 not something that the you know in terms of the gears. Look, we're well aware that it is two separate associations, and you know that's it's not necessarily 
you know, because it's it's their association that that sort out that. Um, you know, so I suppose it's just finding a bit of a common ground between the two associations that that's going to be important for that. Um, and look, we we're we're just we just want to be playing football and look, just get we we just don't want to be out any any money or whatever it might be. Um, and look, I suppose that's just down to. Um, the associations to kind of get that sorted and look Mary McAleese is in there now so I'm sure she'll be running a tight ship and trying to uh, you know get get things going as best we can and it's not look it's not something that's going to happen in maybe the next year or two like it has to be a process and um, look as long as as long as there's progress to be seen and to be made that they are working towards us I think you know I think people will be patient with that but obviously the, the sooner it gets done the better um, look as I said you don't want you don't want girls out of pocket coming to training to represent their county and and their teams, and you don't want girls having that extra pressure of of that. Or you know, are they going to be able to you know afford their lunch in the evening, or is, are they going to use the fuel to get to training or whatever it is? Because you know, not everyone has you know family support, or not everyone has um you know they mightn't have time for part time, full time jobs, whatever it is. Some people have families and children, and so you know there there's there's a whole lot of things around it, and and I think football shouldn't be for us anyway um shouldn't be a burden and it's something that we do because we enjoy it you know you've come such a long way Neve, from uh maybe a bit like shay given causing a bit of out outrage in the in the northeast playing for both sides of the the town with newcastle and and sunderland and then while you were studying physiotherapy you know and playing soccer you you, you gave it a go but since then um, what was the reason from, you know, going and giving soccer a go and then coming back home to Ireland to, to play GA? Look, I think I went to Newcastle to study um, because that's just, that's the option that I had at the time. And um, I had just kind of come back from injury at that point. So I wasn't playing, I wasn't actually playing Gaelic at that, at that time, really. Um and look, I just I wanted to do physio. That's what I wanted to. That's what I wanted my career to be. So that's just the that's the option that I had. So yeah, I went across and um, played played with the university team, and then with Newcastle, and, and then went over to Sunderland as well. <laughs> um, it's not as uncommon as you as you think it might be, especially not in the in the girls. Um, yeah. Sunderland were playing at a higher level then, you know for sure. And uh, look, that's what you, if you want to play at a higher level, you want to. You know, if you're offered the chance to do that, I, you know, that's that's something that I wanted to do. Like, I'd be the kind of person that, you know, I want to try and improve myself and, and sort of compete against, you know, better players and the best players that you can. So I was very lucky to be given that opportunity. And did you um, love it over there? I love loved Newcastle, for sure. I still live this way, like, it's not too far. Um, but no, definitely a great, a great place, great city. And the people there, they know they're not too not too dissimilar to us here in terms of the crack and you know they wouldn't yeah. take themselves too seriously but definitely love their football like us here as well so and um, now i fitted in well and and had a great team there's not too many players that i know that can come back from correct me if i'm wrong three cruciate ligament and in, ligament injuries and win yeah. the footballer of the year it's a fantastic yeah. achievement coming back from that it must have been a very hard time i know um Look, I was very young when when the first when the first two happened. Uh, I was maybe sixteen, seventeen, and okay. I suppose at the time I was like I was sixteen, but I was probably playing up a couple of age groups in in football for Gaelic, and then I was playing soccer at the time as well. And then it's kind of the age where you're doing your exams. So 
it was a very busy time and like, a very enjoyable time as well. And um, and then the the third time then was further down the line after uni- or sorry, just fin- when I was finishing my master's there at university when I was twenty four. I think I just turned twenty four the day the day after that it happened. Um, yeah, look, there was definitely some some hard times, and I suppose for me. At, at the time it was just something that I had to do then to, to get back playing and it, there was never really an option of, of of not trying to do that and I probably there probably was was times when people would ask me about it and I'd say yeah or they'd ask me about my injuries and I'd say yeah the three cruciates and you could see the shock or the horror on people's faces and you know there's probably a time where I was a wee bit maybe embarrassed about it but I suppose look it's that's just part of me now and that's just something that I had to do it's part of the journey that I was on and like I've mentioned before, but I was very lucky that I had great people around me and physios and strength and conditioning and family, friends, management. And um, it was never that I never, it, it was never a case that I didn't want to get back playing with the girls and, and the teams. And um, yeah, looking for yourself um, each time when you can. And I suppose when you get a long-term injury like that, that's, you know, you have, you can kind of take it as a wee bit of an opportunity as well to work on other things and maybe things that you wouldn't have time to do, you know, if you were playing and training full time. And um, so look, of course, you, you have your tough times for sure. And it is, it's it's not easy at times and you have your bad days where maybe you might have a whinge or have a wee cry. But uh, because I said, I was, it was never a case that I didn't have the, I didn't have the desire to get back, you know, to the gears because that's something that I always wanted to do. Neve McLaughlin, Donegal team captain and TG Cahar LGFA Senior Players Player of the Year for 2022 in conversation with Conor Breslin on this week's Donegal GAA podcasts and you can listen to that in full right now on oceanfm.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. Simply search for Ocean FM Ireland to find it. Ocean FM Ocean FM's final whistle Thanks to Donegal Plumbing and Heating Old Lahey Road, Donegal Town Suppliers of underfloor heating packages Aluminium radiators Samsung and Daikin air-to-water heat pumps And all your renewable needs and next to Skolawira Agassiz in Kaluni, who are in the middle of developing a new Astro Pitch facility beside the school for the pupils to use. They've received funds to date via donations and a sports capital grant of €53,000, but they need a little bit more to reach the target to cover the cost. So the kids of the school are getting the runners on and preparing to do a 5,000 kilometre run collectively between them alongside a fundraiser draw. We sent our reporter Donald Ryan off to school with his packed lunch to find out more. At school, break time was always everyone's favourite part of the day and for the children attending Skolwara August Yosef in Kaluni, that is no different. With the school currently undergoing major construction work in adding a new extension, the staff and students have launched a fundraiser to raise money for a new AstroTurf pitch. School principal Paul Clarivi has been telling us all about the fundraiser. We've um, recently been trying to secure an astro pitch next to the school. Um, we've currently almost completed it. We're just waiting to put goals in there. And look, we've raised a lot of money through um, contributions and donations to the school, but we need to raise a further 25000 uh, So we've come up with a fundraiser where the pupils of the school will collectively run 5,000 kilometres and they've got sponsorship cards going home 
We've fantastic prizes from top prize for a 3,000 euro kitchen down to vouchers for 250, 100 from a wide number of businesses around Colony and in Sligo. Um, so, yeah, look, it'd be great if people from Colony and the wider community could uh, support our fundraiser and the pu- every pupil in the school will go home with a sponsorship card uh, with 30 lines, five euro line and everyone that purchases goes into a draw. So please support the fundraiser. You don't need to go past the school every day to see they're they're really happy out there. Um, It's a fantastic facility. Previously, that area was pretty much wet for three quarters of the school year. So we're into mid-November now. We've had a lot of rain and it's still a very dry surface. The kids have been out there every day. So it's fantastic. Skullwera August Yosef is nestled in the Kaluni community and Jude Mannion, former pupil and parent of one of the children attending the school, is looking forward to the next step in the school's development. I'm coming at this from the perspective of both a, um, a past pupil and a parent of a child who's currently in, in, in her last year in the school. Uh, I was in school here between the late 70s and the early 80s, uh, and since that time, over the last 35 years, we've seen huge progress uh, in the school system here in Colony. At that time, there was two separate parish schools. There was um, the convent school further on down the village and what was known as St. Joseph's Boys School here. And in the intervening 35-year period, there's been a, a process of amalgamating both of those two schools or those two campuses into the one site. And next uh, April, we're going to see the fruition of that when this fairly large extension you see next door is going to be completed. And that actually will be the first time in 100 years that children uh, in the parish will be housed together under the one roof. And that's a fairly significant, uh, I think, a milestone in the social history for the village. Now, as you can see, as you as you came, uh, as you drove up here today, you could see a fairly large uh, building project. That is, I suppose, eating into a lot of that recreational space that the school uh, would have had for use. And so the purpose, I suppose, of the fundraiser then is to finalise the development of what was a piece of waste ground next door um, that will provide that recreational space uh, uh, for the kids in this, in this hugely expanded school. Um, huge progress of the last 35 years. Uh, hats off to Paul here and his predecessors for the work they've done. Uh, it'll be a, a facility that I think the whole community uh, both past and present can be very proud of and we're hoping that all the community uh, irrespective of whether you're from the parent body or past pupil indeed would um, would row in and support this fundraiser. Longtime resident of Kaluni, Mary White, has watched from afar and witnessed the school growing into what it is today. Now the astro pitch might look on paper, a lot of people and myself included might have thought that the Astro Pitch was just a nice green field that never got wet and never got messed up or anything like that. But I actually watched while at least eight layers has gone into the Astro Pitch. It's not just a green field that never gets wet. I was a play on the wall for 50 years and I was amazed at what happened with the astro pitch. First of all, it was fenced properly and uh, and unobtrusively, I must say, because it hardly noticed the fencing. And then it was dug out until it was a pit. And the pit was levelled from top to bottom, uh, meticulously now. Uh, then it was filled in with... I don't know what the first layer was, but the fort was filled in with big stones and small stones and then a layer of sand. And every layer that went into it was tons and tons and tons of the commodity. And it was rolled, steam rolled, corner to corner, uh, 
and, and compounded. It was mm-hmm. sand and then gravel and then big stones and then small stones and uh, then the, the um, drainage was done uh, that it's never going to get wet whatever, wherever the water is gone it's not going to be on the pitch anyway uh, it was uh, there was even a, a layer of underlay uh, laid meticulously again with levels here and levels there and went down underneath and uh, then the astro pitch itself the grass, the green green grass that looks great but everyone thinks it just arrived and it's you know like carpet can be lifted but I can't and all the different uh, stuffs even at the even the last layer of stuff that was put on it was columns of sacks of some sort of I'll have to find out about this but material is looking it was like black sugar and it was sprinkled over and spread over and evened up and uh, corner to corner again meticulously uh, I, I'm looking forward as much as as much as yourself to the day when the school when the door opens and a whole posse of kids walk in controlling themselves and walking in twos nice and mannerly through the school and dying to get tearing through the rest of it <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of people are excited about the new AstroTurf, none more so than the students themselves. Pupils Ryan Maloney and Emily Mannion love using the one that's there already and can't wait for the new one to arrive. Well, well it means a lot. Uh, it definitely makes break time more fun and it's just way easier to play the sports you love. Uh, well, it's better because we used to have a green area and whatever weather we can play on it, if it's rain, snow, anything, sun. But instead, because if when last time, when it rained, you couldn't go on because it was way too soggy. You must have a lot more fun now at break time and at PE time as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a lot more fun at PE and break time. And like, would it encourage you guys to play a bit more sports and like maybe become like your own sporting heroes? Yeah, because even on the grass, it's, it's never wet. Anyone can run around it and like play anything you enjoy. Yeah, same. And Emily, the AstroTurf is helping you a lot benefit your own sports as well. Yeah, because uh, we have our own football team in school now, so we can train on that whenever Miss Mamani wants to train, which is our uh, coach for a football team. And how often do you train? Uh, well, we stopped for a bit because we have no matches, but we're in the Mini 7s tournament and we won in our group. So we train every Wednesday mostly. And Ryan, it'll be a big help to you in your sporting prospects as well. Yeah, even on the Astro, it will help you like, getting... like better at skills and like shooting and everything. It's certainly a very exciting time for the staff and students of Skull Warugs Joseph in Kaluni and if you'd like to get involved with the fundraiser, more information is available at smaikaluni.school. Donald Ryan reporting, gone in to do his homework at Skullwara August Yosef and for more intra- in- info as Donald says visit the school website SMAI for Skullwara August Yosef Kaluni.school Finally this evening for the second year in a row, Dromore West's Keelan Kilrehel will run for Ireland at next month's European Cross Country Championships in Turin Last year he helped the Ireland men's junior team win gold when the event was staged in Dublin So can they make it back to back victories? Yeah, it's always been the main goal and that's to qualify first of all is just to make sure you do that and then anything after that's kind of a bit of a bonus I suppose but uh, this year kind of probably was a bit different for me, like, I wanted to Want to do well in the senior race, more so even just kind of 
uh, be higher up this year. But um, yeah, I, kind of, I suppose I kind of did achieve that. But um, yeah, the main goal is definitely to qualify. Russell Penna won a lot of praise uh, at the weekend for the way the championships were run. As somebody who was involved at the business end of the senior men's race, what was it like to be part of? Yeah, there was yeah, just no complaints where it was anyway. It kind of was a good course in the end. I think people were kind of before the race. They were kind of saying it was very like flat and fast. It was actually tough enough course in the end. I don't think anyone was saying it afterwards. Kind of, but um, no, yeah, it was very well organised and everything. Um, yeah, on that behalf, um, no, I uh, definitely enjoyed it. It was nice, good crowd as well. And of the six strong team going to Turin as part of the Ireland men's under 23, you, yourself, your training mate, Dara McElhenney, and there are two or three of you who are part of the, the gold winning team in Dublin 12 months ago. How beneficial is it to have that experience heading out to Italy? Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a different experience this time, I suppose, after winning it last year. It's definitely probably more expected of us. But um, I think our, our team, if anything, is stronger this year. I know we're we're losing Mihal who scored for us last year, but um we've got some giddy there this year who's been as good as form as anyone and that could be he'd be looking to be in the medal come uh true time and even Che McFoy in America is coming home for it. So he's not a lad who wasn't on the team last year who's who's being brought in and like even all the all of us lads who were on the team last year were kinda we're definitely all a lot better than we were last year. So it's definitely a lot stronger team if anything. Yes, it certainly oh, yeah. do, it certainly doesn't look any weaker anywhere. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing. Yeah, I think we're kind of all new coming into the year that it was kind of going to be a better team. But yeah, we've kind of we've all got ourselves a uh, right place for. And for yourself, Keelan, you've just finished your uh, studies in DCU. You've graduated from third level. So, a bit like your athletics, are you moving into a, a different phase of your career now? Yeah, it's definitely be a lot different. I suppose. I'm not living a not living on campus in DC anymore, and I'm still still based in Dublin, but um, working working part time as well now. And it's kind of yeah, I, I think it's kind of benefited me if anything. I probably had the best season even training and racing wise uh, so far. So um, yeah, I kind of enjoyed the transition a bit, but it's definitely definitely a lot different than this time last year. And of course, you're one of a number of high profile up and coming Irish athletes under the guidance of Sligo's. Emmett Dunleavy what's that relationship like between the two of you? It's good yeah um, yeah it's, uh, it's, uh, we still see him a lot but we go uh, we all train every Tuesday in UCD and uh, yeah it's, uh, it's good uh, nice to have the connection with home as well because um, I stick at home and train at a home with a group in my valley with Philip Trinity and uh, all the lads at home so um, I kind of uh, I have a mix between the two but um yeah, it's, it's definitely good for, uh, to have Emma from, uh, from home, uh, still up here in Dublin. And you're a contemporary, of course, of Darren McElhenney, the Kerry man who won the National Senior cross-country race last Sunday. You've worked and trained and competed against him for a good few years now. Is that beneficial, the fact that you're kind of constantly pushing each other, whether it's in training or in competition? Yeah, I kind of, yeah, no, it definitely is, I suppose. It's kind of, it can be weird on then when you line up on the start line you are against each other at the end of the day, I suppose. But um no, yeah, it's definitely going in training. I, I meet him as much as I can for training up here in Dublin. We, we live quite close to each other as well. So um yeah, no, all year any even any day you're not you're not feeling great, you kind of one of us have the have each other to kinda of push you on a bit. But um yeah, no, it's definitely beneficial, right? 
And you mentioned your roots, of course, West Ligo and Moy Valley Athletic Club. That's the singlet you run in when you're competing at, at club level nationally. I mean, you're a young adult now, Keelan, but I'm sure you're aware of, you know, the sense of pride Moy Valley have to see you doing well at national and international level. Not to mention people in West Ligo who have that affinity with you as well. How much does that mean to you? Yeah, um, yeah, it's, oh, it definitely means a lot, right? But, um, you can kind of see even in the in the younger age group now, kind of compared to when I started in the club, there's a lot bigger numbers and everything, and there's a lot like uh, a lot of young lads and girls doing doing very well now at the All Ireland when uh, you kind of kind of didn't have that. It's kind of more of a more of a community around it now. Like uh, I think it's definitely a uh, definitely not wider enough. But um, yeah, so it's also nice for them to have someone in the senior as well, so kind of. Uh, Keelan Kilrehel of Dromore West and Moy Valley Athletic Club speaking to Ocean FM Sport after his selection for the Ireland team for next month's European Cross Country Championships which will take place in Turin in Italy on Sunday the 11th of December. It's finished at the World Cup. Brazil 2, Serbia 0 in Group H, so the tournament favourites make a winning start tonight. A reminder, the final whistle is available as a podcast on oceanfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts each week, simply search for Ocean FM Ireland. We're back next week, same time, same place.